and welcome to the Brothers Grimm Lunch Break. I'm Eric Wagoner. Today I'll be reading The Six Swans. Once there was a king who was hunting in a vast forest, and he began chasing a deer so intensely that none of his men could follow him. When evening drew near, he stopped, looked around him, and realized he was lost. He searched for a way out of the forest, but was unable to find one. Then he caught sight of an old woman nodding her head back and forth and heading toward him. She was, however, a witch. "'Dear woman,' he said to her, "'can you show me the way out of the forest?' "'Oh, yes, your majesty,' she answered. "'I certainly can, but on one condition. "'And if you don't fulfill it, "'you'll never find your way out of the forest, "'and you will starve to death.' "'What kind of condition?' asked the king. "'I have a daughter,' said the old woman, "'who is as beautiful as any maiden in the world. "'Indeed, she is worthy to be your wife, "'and if you make her your queen, "'I'll show you the way out of the forest.' "'The king was so tremendously frightened "'that he consented, "'and the old woman led him to her little hut "'where her daughter was sitting by the fire. "'The maiden greeted the king "'as though she had been expecting him,' and he observed that she was very beautiful. Nevertheless, he did not like her, and he could not look at her without secretly shuddering. After he had lifted the maiden onto his horse, the old woman showed him the way, and once the king reached the royal palace again, the wedding was celebrated. The king had already been married before this, and he had seven children by his first wife, six boys and a girl, whom he loved more than anything in the world. Since he now feared that the stepmother might not treat them well, and might even harm them, he brought them to a solitary castle in the middle of a forest. It lay so well concealed, and the way to it was so hard to find, that he himself would not have found it if a wise woman had not given him a ball of yarn with magic powers. When he threw the ball before him, the yarn unwound itself and showed him the way. Now the king went out to visit his dear children so often that the queen began to notice his absences. Since she was curious and wanted to know what he was doing out in the forest all alone, she gave his servants a great deal of money, and they revealed the secret. They also told her about the ball of yarn that alone could show the way. For a while she had no peace of mind, but she finally discovered where the king kept the ball. Then she made small white silk shirts and she used the witchcraft that she had learned from her mother to sew a magic spell into them. One day, when the king had gone hunting, she took the little shirts, went out into the forest, and let the ball of yarn show her the way. When the children saw someone coming in the distance, they thought their dear father was coming to see them, and ran joyfully out to greet him. But she threw a shirt over each one of them, and as soon as they were touched by the shirts— They were turned into swans and flew away over the forest. The queen went home delighted with herself, thinking she was rid of her stepchildren. However, the girl had not run outside with her brothers, and the queen knew nothing about the girl. The following day the king went to visit his children, but he found only the girl. "'Where are your brothers?' the king asked. "'Oh, dear father,' she answered, "'they've gone away and left me alone.' And she told him how, from her window, she had seen her brothers turn into swans, and how they had flown away over the forest. Then she showed him the feathers that they had dropped in the yard, and left for her to gather. 
The king mourned for his sons, but had no idea that the queen had done this evil deed. Yet he did fear that his daughter might also be stolen from him, and he wanted to take her with him. However, she was afraid of the stepmother, and begged the king to allow her to spend one last night in the forest castle. I can't stay here any longer, the poor girl thought. I shall go and search for my brothers. When night came, she fled the castle and went straight into the forest. She walked the whole night long, and the entire next day without stopping, until she became so exhausted that she could go no further. Then she saw a hut, and after entering it, she found a room with six small beds. Since she was afraid to lie down in any of the beds, she crawled underneath one and lay down on the hard floor, intending to spend the night there. However, just when the sun was about to set, she heard a rustling sound and saw six swans come flying through the window. They landed on the floor and blew at each other until all their feathers were blown off. After that, their swan skin slipped off like shirts. The maiden observed all this, and when she recognized her brothers, she rejoiced and crawled out from under the bed. Her brothers were delighted to see their little sister, but their joy was short-lived. "'You can't stay here,' they said to her. "'This is a robber's den. When they come home and find you here, they'll kill you.' "'Can't you protect me?' asked their sister. "'No,' they replied. "'You see, we can take off our swan skins for only a quarter of an hour every evening.' During this time we assume our human form, but after that we're changed back into swans. Their sister wept and asked, Can't you be set free? We don't think so, they said. The conditions are too hard. You'd have to go six years without speaking to anyone or laughing, and during this time you'd have to sew six little shirts for us made of asters. If just one single word were to fall from your lips, then all your work would be for naught. Nevertheless, the maiden decided to set her brothers free, even if it might cost her her life. She left the hut, went into the middle of the forest, climbed a tree, and spent the night there. The next morning, she got down, gathered asters, and began to sew. She could not talk to anyone, nor did she have a desire to laugh. She just sat there and concentrated on her work. After she had spent a long time there, the king of the country happened to go hunting in the forest, and his huntsmen came to the tree where the maiden was perched. They called to her and said, Who are you? She did not answer. Come down to us, they said. We won't harm you. She merely shook her head. When they continued to bother her with questions, she threw them her golden necklace and thought that would satisfy them. Yet they persisted. Then she threw them her girdle, and when this did not work either, she threw down her garters, and little by little everything that she had on and could do without until she had nothing left but her little shift. Still the huntsmen did not let themselves be deterred by all this. They climbed the tree, carried her down, and led her to the king who asked, Who are you, and what were you doing in that tree? She did not answer. He tried questioning her in all the languages he knew, but she remained as silent as a fish. Eventually, her beauty moved the king's heart, and he fell deeply in love with her. He covered her with his cloak, lifted her onto his horse, and brought her to his castle. There he had her dressed in rich garments, and her beautiful features were as radiant as the day is bright. Still, it was impossible to get her to utter a single word. He had her sit next to him at the table, and her modest ways and her polite manners pleased him so much that he said, 
This maiden is the one I shall marry, and no other woman in the world except her. Within a few days he married her, but the king had an evil mother, who was dissatisfied with this marriage and spoke ill of the young queen. That wench, why won't she speak? she said. Where does she come from? She's not worthy of a king. A year later, when the queen gave birth to her first child, the old woman took the child away from her and smeared the queen's mouth with blood while she was asleep. Then the old woman went to the king and accused the young queen of being a cannibal. The king refused to believe this and would not tolerate anyone harming his wife. Meanwhile, the queen continued to sit and sew the shirts and did not pay attention to anything else. The next time, she gave birth to another handsome boy, and her wicked mother-in-law tried the same deception, but the king could not bring himself to believe the charges brought against his wife. "'She's too pious and good,' he said. "'She'd never do anything like that. If she could talk, she could defend herself, and her innocence would come to light.' However, when the old woman stole the third newborn baby and accused the queen, who did not say one word in her own defense, the king could do nothing but hand her over to a court, which condemned her to death by fire. The day came for the sentence to be carried out, but it was also the last day of the six years during which she had not been allowed to speak or laugh. Indeed, this meant that she had set her brothers free from the power of the magic spell. The six shirts were finished, except for the left sleeve of the last shirt. When the queen was led to the stake, she carried the shirts over her arm, and as she stood on the stack of wood and the fire was about to be lit, she looked up and saw the six swans come flying through the air. Now she knew that her rescue was near at hand, and her heart jumped for joy. The swans swooped down and landed close by, so she could throw the shirts over them. As soon as the shirts touched them, the swan skins fell off, and her brothers stood before her in the flesh. They looked handsome and vigorous. Only the youngest was missing his left arm, and he had a swan's wing on his shoulder instead. They embraced and kissed each other, and the queen went up to the king, who was quite stunned by all this. "'Dearest husband,' she said, "'now I may speak and tell you that I'm innocent, and was unjustly accused.' She told him how the old woman had been deceiving him, and had taken away her three children and hidden them. Then, to the king's great joy, the children were brought to him, and as a punishment, the wicked mother-in-law was tied to the stake and burned to ashes. Thereafter, the king and queen, along with her six brothers, lived for many years in peace and happiness. The End The Brothers Grimm Lunch Break is released under a Creative Commons, Attribution, Non-Commercial, No Derivatives License. Download it and share it all you'd like but don't change it or sell it. The translations used are copyright Jack Zipes and are used with permission. His collected translations, The Complete Fairy Tales of the Brothers Grimm, is available on the media of your choice from Bantam Books. The music is Mount Timbrel by Jamie Janover off his All Strings Considered album, available on magnatune.com. If you'd like to listen to any of the other tales, you can find them on our website, www.grimlunch.org, where you can also leave comments or subscribe through iTunes. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.